Good morning and welcome to the Dodds Monitoring Podcast. Each week, our team of Dodds policy experts will be bringing you a short 15 to 20 minute audio briefing on a range of subjects and sectors, helping you to understand some of the policy behind the politics. It's certainly been a week of mixed fortunes for the government's roadmap out of lockdown. On Monday, Prime Minister Boris Johnson confirmed that inessential retail, care services and outdoor hospitality settings would be able to reopen their doors on April 12th. And another good news, three out of five adults have now received at least one of dose of their COVID vaccine. All undoubtedly positive developments that will help the country move out of coronavirus restrictions sooner rather than later. Also this week, however, concerns regarding extremely re- adverse reactions to the AstraZeneca vaccine have continued to circulate in the press. Yesterday, the Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunisation advised that it was preferable for adults under the age of 30 to be offered an alternative vaccine to that produced by AstraZeneca as a precautionary measure. With uncertainty mounting about how this move might impact the vaccination rollout, perhaps now more so than ever, debate on COVID vaccine passports has been gearing up. To walk us through some of these conversations surrounding vaccine passports, today I'm joined by Sheila Amadoda, Dodds Political Consultant for Digital, Culture, Media and Sports, and Helen Hill, Dodds Political Consultant for Transport and Infrastructure. So with big events and international travel being two of the primary areas that passports could affect, it'd be really helpful to get both of your insights on this. So Sheila, coming to you first, could you tell me what we know about the vaccine so far and what some of the reactions to the story's development have been? So, so far, nothing has been confirmed as of yet, but there has been reactions from both inside government, business owners and the public. The government is currently looking at a system that would consider three factors, vaccination, a recent negative test or natural immunity on the basis of a positive test taken in the previous six months. People could also prove their status through an app and there would be the option of paper certificates. Michael Gove um, recently said that he's taking inspiration from the scheme in Israel that they are where they are trialling vaccine passports quite successfully and it's likely to be used for large events. Right now the government are holding nine trials for vaccine passports throughout the month of April, um, focusing mainly on sporting and comedy events, mainly within London. Hey, thank you. Um, so what um, would you say this, how would this actually impact the reopening of events? So those in support of vaccine passports would say that it would build confidence in reopening of events and would ensure that um, events could be opened more safely. Uh, Boris Johnson said that it's a way to um, signal that someone is not contagious, whilst Oliver Dowden, the culture secretary, said that it would be a tool in the short term to reopen theatres and events. So it wouldn't be something that is permanent, rather something that is temporary in order to build confidence within lockdown e- easing. However, the British Beer and Pub Association fears that it could prevent millions of young people from visiting the pub for months and could discriminate against those who have not been offered the vaccine such as pregnant women and the reaction from a lot of pub owners seems to be that they just want to open and they don't want the possibility of vaccine passports as it could deter a lot of people from attending events. Thank you yeah that's really interesting I think especially where people have said about the two-tier system that this kind of change could bring in. Like, I know in America, um, Biden said that there's absolutely no chance they'll have a vaccine passport. And I think there's a sense that it could be used as a way of, like, discriminating against people who are anti-vaxxers. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how all of that develops. 
Okay, so Helen, coming over to you now. So yeah, Sheila mentioned how the UK were already looking to Israel as an example of vaccine passports. And another way, of course, they've been used is in things like international travel. So um, how likely do you think that the UK would be to adopt similar proposals to other countries? And can you walk me through some of the conversations around there? Sure. So morning, Alex. Thanks for having me. Um, so I'll give you a quick rundown of who's planning what so far around the world before we turn to the UK. So I guess most significantly for us, the EU is currently considering the introduction of a digital green certificate. And this will be essentially a QR code which would allow anyone in the EU who's been vaccinated against COVID, anyone who's tested negative or anyone who's recently recovered from the virus to travel across all 27 member states. And that's just to kind of get travel up and running again. And the EU also wants to include non-EU countries in the scheme, such as Norway, Iceland and Switzerland. Um, it's not exactly the most likely that that digital green certificate could be extended to us, given the current state of affairs. But you never know there's an option there. Um, Israel has also already introduced a vaccine passport system, as Sheila said, and essentially it's allowed the country to start easing its national lockdown as well as start up international travel. Similarly to the EU, they have a green pass, which is available to anyone who's been fully vaccinated or has recovered from COVID-19. Now, the Israeli system uses an app and this is opening up opportunities for international travel, with Israel striking two deals with Greece and Cyprus, enabling citizens with passes to travel to those two countries. However, the Israeli system isn't without issue and foreign nationals cannot get hold of a pass, nor can vaccinated citizens who are not insured with an Israeli healthcare provider. There's also been privacy concerns over the smartphone app and the government has admitted that the police don't have the staff to check if businesses are complying with the new rules. So turning to the UK, it's really difficult to say whether vaccine passports will be implemented, especially when it comes to international travel. So, okay, so yes, so far we've had the Labour leader Keir Starmer say that the broader policy of vaccine passports would go against British instinct, whatever that means, and that it would be wrong to outsource checks of vaccine passports to small businesses rather than simply get the virus under control. But I think it's really important to stress here that there are very different ethical issues at play when it comes to using vaccine passports for international travel as opposed to using them to control where people can and can't go at home. So testing is already a huge part of travelling internationally during the pandemic and has been for months. So it's just not the same issue at all. So although vaccine passports could undoubtedly benefit the aviation industry, that would be more a matter of speeding up the processes rather than having to have a whole new system of checks. Um, so the CEO of Heathrow Airport, John Holland Kay, has been really vocal throughout the pandemic in calling for vaccine passports. Sports. It explained that actually the paperwork needed to check people's proof of negative tests, um, that takes an extra 20 minutes per person. So vaccine passports, you know, testing is already in place, um, but it would allow airports and the aviation industry to increase capacity and inspire more consumer confidence. So it's that rather than issue of letting people get on with their lives, as is the case with using vaccine passports domestically. And from what we can see of public opinion, there is really strong support for the policy, with one survey seeing 78% of respondents in favour of the use of vaccine passports for international travel, which is actually, to me, quite surprising for a country which is so sceptical of things like identity cards. So in short, the public seems to be on board and businesses are on board and it wouldn't change that much. So I wouldn't be surprised if vaccine passports were brought in to speed up the airport processes and paperwork of international travel as long as this doesn't become the only way that people are permitted to travel. 
Thanks, Sheila. Yeah, that's really interesting. And so if I guess it's still uncertain, even if there does seem to be a, like a certain amount of appetite for vaccine passports, without them or just as stands at the moment, what do we know about the government's plans to eventually enable travel to get moving again? So, yeah, we've got a lot of uncertainty still swirling around the UK's prospects for international travel. And unfortunately, it seems to be a policy area where officials are constantly changing their minds about how best to proceed. Like kind of infamously, we've had ministers give differing advice within hours of each other on whether to book holidays or not. So it feels like any information or any leads that we have are always about to go out of date. I think just to like spell it out, as we stand today on the 8th of April, just about to take step two of easing lockdown, international travel is quite strongly restricted and is illegal for non-essential purposes. Passengers arriving from countries on the UK's red list, countries which pose a high risk of transmitting new variants, so anyone arriving from them must still self-isolate in government-approved quarantine hotels at their own significant cost. Passengers arriving from all other countries must test negative before travelling to the UK, and they must also self-isolate for 10 days on arrival and are required to be tested on days 2 and 8 again, all at their own cost. The initial roadmap out of lockdown had suggested that non-essential international travel may have resumed from the 17th of May, but the PM has now warned in Monday's press conference that the UK isn't there yet and that international travel may have to be pushed back further in order to protect the rollout of the vaccine. Boris Johnson has also confirmed that there will be a new traffic light system for international travel once it starts up again, which will presumably see a return to something similar to what we had in place over the last summer. So the last traffic light system saw countries which were deemed to be low risk classified as green, which meant that no self-isolation was needed on departure or arrival. Amber countries would likely in this new system be countries with a higher rate than the UK, but which don't have any new variants or where cases aren't increasing. And it's hard to say what arrangements would be in place for travel between amber countries and the UK because we're in such a different place to last summer. But it's likely that negative tests and or vaccine passports would be needed um, and I probably would see the reintroduction of the test to release scheme. And then finally, countries on the red list will likely kind of stay the same as they are in the system we've got now uh, with countries on the red list. So they're countries that are identified as having a risk of new variants um, and anyone coming from a red list country, only British and Irish nationals are permitted to travel to the UK. And it's those people that are required to quarantine in these hotels. Um, I think the big question on a lot of people's lips at the moment is whether they should be booking holidays abroad for now. And I think it's kind of fair to say that the consensus seems to be that they shouldn't. So the PMs urge people to be realistic and hold off on committing to any international travel. In the same press conference, we were promised an announcement on international travel this week, but that's yet to materialise. Um, but hopefully this announcement soon will at least offer some detail as to what international travel will look like when it's permitted again even if we can't be given a guaranteed date just yet. That said, we are expecting the long-awaited report from the government's relaunched Global Travel Task Force on the 12th, so that's Monday next week, and that's going to offer recommendations on facilitating a return to international travel as soon as possible, while still managing the risk from imported cases and variants of concern. There's also just been a select committee session scheduled for next Wednesday, which will see the Transport Committee question travel officials, as well as the Aviation Minister Robert Courts. To kind of conclude, um, although we don't know when we'll be able to go on holiday again, we're likely to know soon, even if that doesn't mean we can go on holiday soon. Um, I do know that, that sounds really pessimistic. I'm not trying to bring down anyone's Thursday morning. 
Um, but the good news is that we are starting to see some kind of opening up of the general tourism industry. So if you're really itching for a mini break, you can go on camping and caravanning holidays from Monday. Well, you know, definitely can't turn those up at a camping holiday in the UK. Thanks, Helen. That was really interesting. And I guess next week we'll be able to get more gauge then of what the direction might be for international travel, even when there are lots of unknowns still about variants and the vaccine passports and all of that. If you're not already a daughter monitoring client and you think that you or your business could benefit from getting up-to-date, tailored and cutting-edge political intelligence, then you can request a free trial by emailing customer.service at dodsgroup.com or calling us on 0207 593 5500. Thanks for joining us. Bye.